0: Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Brian and Paul.
1: Hello. Hey, guys. It's good to be back
0: after some time away. Here we are, episode 12. While we were away, we took care of some odds and ends and put together some good 80s, 90s, and early
2: 2000s stuff for you all to enjoy. Like Guns N' Roses, coming back with a vengeance. And maybe some Chinese democracy, too. Oh, God, please don't tell me this is our Chinese democracy of our podcast. It could be our Duke Nukem Forever, whatever you prefer. <laughs> well, during our hiatus, uh, we did continue to post content on social media and our website, www.datingourselvespodcast.com. So if you haven't seen that yet, uh, definitely go and check that out.
1: Last time you heard from us, we discussed Weird Al Yankovic, Bruce Campbell, and Dolly the Sheep. Uh, definitely go back and give that a listen.
2: Definitely not Dolly the Llama either for uh, anyone who is super that, excited. I had to learn that one the hard way. <laughs> God, uh, that
0: was another. That was like 30 minutes I won't get back. <laughs> or anyone Come else get for that
2: some. matter. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move ahead too far, I uh, wanted to remind people to recommend us to their friends and to leave us five-star reviews on whatever medium you listen to our podcast. We are going to be changing some things up with Our format, going to a single topic per episode, and this way we can take deeper dives and explore topics further without the constraints of the bounds of time and things like that. So thanks for all your support, and as a thank you, we're going to start reading listeners' five-star written reviews at the top of each episode. So our first review we'd like to share is from NQ423, so thank you, NQ. I think that that may be my wife, Neva, but... Uncertain Uh, uh, Anyway What a great idea As a 90s kid I don't know a single fellow millennial Who doesn't love to reminisce about Old movies, toys, foods, commercials Books and music we used to enjoy growing up This is where Dating Ourselves comes in Brian, Paul, and Adam, that's us, <laughs> uh, that, that is key. us, uh, have been friends since they were in the single digits, and you can tell when you listen to them. Uh, they have a fantastic rapport, and it's clearly evident when you listen to them talk and joke around. I'm so excited about this podcast and can't wait to hear more.
0: Well, thank you, Neva, or, or whoever NQ423 N- is. NQ. <laughs> NQ. Before we get any further on that... Do we qualify as millennials? Is that us? Yes, that is us. I think
2: 1981 oh. is the cutoff date. I have to double yep. check and see what the specifics are. But
0: so our obsession with avocado toast is the reason why the economy is collapsing. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> if you ask our
1: parents, yes. If you ask me, I think we're in that group of millennials that got screwed because we're unfairly categorized. We came before all that junk.
0: That's true. We're technically before all of that, but we somehow still get lumped into that.
2: Yeah, I think I think it has a lot to do, with like regionally. Like I think because we grew up in the Midwest, we're a couple years behind in terms of <laughs> in terms of the wave. So. I think people our age that lived on the coast are a little bit more millennial than people who lived in the middle of the country that are the same age. Um, so you're I think, saying I think... we're
1: like the hill people in between, so we don't <laughs> really
0: count? It's, it's not quite the 50s still, but it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I declare today I, we're going to start a new generation called Generation N, it's Generation Nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and speaking of which, we should probably get on to the meat of the potatoes here today, even though that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> so, so uh, again, we'd like to thank the uh, NQ423 for the kind words and for supporting Dating Ourselves podcast.
1: For those who turned in last month when we left off, Adam had selected the topic of Smash Mouth, Brian had selected the board game Simon, and I snatched Thundercats. Oh! (laughs) Oh! On tonight's episode, only one will survive. For this week, anyway. So on to a little Nostalgia Combat! Nostalgia Combat! (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs)
2: Thank you. <laughs> Our first
1: master of ceremonies will be Brian because his name starts with B, and I'm horribly unoriginal.
0: Wait, hold on. If we're going in alphabetical order, shouldn't I come first? Uh, my name starts with an A. Adam. Damn it! You know what? It's too late. We're not
1: going back. Brian. <laughs> this is not up for debate. This is a Chinese <laughs> democracy, <They're> and <laughs> I say Brian is going first.
2: <laughs> Apparently, our Axel Rose has spoken. I almost said Axel Foley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, either way. <laughs> All right. So the question is going to be: I have a trivia question. Whoever gets closest to the right answer, it's a numeric answer. So whoever gets closest will get to go this week. So either Bring it Paul, either Paul will talk about Thundercats or Adam will talk about Smash Mouth. Um, are we going to
1: yell the answer as fast as we can or are you going to ask each of us individually and then we give you our answer?
2: Um you guys can decide who goes first um diplomatically. Um I think
1: Adam should go first since he starts with A. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, so here's your question. How many studio albums did English rock band The Police release? Studio albums. Is that the band Ooh. with Sting? It is.
0: Woohoo! I have no idea, Adam (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna say
1: 7 Okay, Paul I'm going to go with 9
2: Adam is closer, the correct answer is 5 They had 5 studio albums Um, So yeah, anyway uh, That was our, our little trivia question We're gonna do one of those every single week To determine who's gonna present their topic
0: But yeah So that means That the inaugural new format of Dating Ourselves podcast is going to start out with a very triumphant return with our discussion of the pop band Smash Mouth. <laughs> Let's oh pause boy. right there. Are they really a pop band? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would consider them pop, rock from that time. Uh, I'll kind of get into that a little bit, though, uh, when we talk about them, so we'll we'll talk about that
2: here in a little bit. But I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. You're going to talk about it, and you'll like it. All right. So so l- l- show us the way. Um, obviously they existed before Shrek. So, um- They did. Surprisingly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they were not the uh, Shrek All-Star Band. They they weren't
0: created <laughs> just for the purpose of Shrek. Uh, so they actually started in 1994, the lineup currently consists of Steve Harwell, who was one of the founders of the group, as well as Paul Delisle, Randy Cook, Michael Klooster, and Sam Eigen, I believe is how you say his name. And actually, this was kind of interesting. I found this out as I was doing some research. Apparently, Harwell, before he was in Smash Mouth, was in a rap group called Freedom of Speech, or FOS for short, which I thought was very strange.
1: (laughs) He's the guy with the goatee, right? Correct. That very iconic goatee from the All-Star music video.
0: Yeah, and even before then, he kind of had like a soul patch kind of deal going on. And then, yeah, he grew out the uh, goatee thing or whatever that is. It's true, I forgot about that. So, the uh, like I said, the band was formed in 1994, but their first album didn't release for three years until 1997. And that was, and I'm going to pronounce this correctly, it's called Fushu You Mang, which is supposed to be a reference to Scarface, uh, who T- Tony Montana, who had a... Uh, little bit of like slurred speech when he was talking so it's in reference to saying fu man but uh, the way he would say it is "fushu, you mang so <laughs> so uh, they they released that album in 1997 which had their first big hit on it which was walking on the Sun and if you've heard it before it's a pretty catchy tune but it's kind of like a I don't even know really how you would Classify it to be honest, but it's got these like it's got uh this guitar riff that's kind of like this dirty organ sounding uh kind of guitar riff, and then when you say uh, dirty
2: organ, I mean that sounds a little uh (laughs) like I'm talking like I know what you mean, it's like a like a 60s almost kind of like uh yes, like psychedelic almost kind of sound. At least the guitar sounds that way. The rest of the song, it almost kind of has like a mix of sublime. And Sugar Ray, and like Lou Bega, I would yeah, <laughs> that's very fair.
0: much so. I would definitely agree it, it's, with it's that. It's a it's
2: a lot of really strange elements that are put together. It it has a very just to me it just sounds like California, like cruising down the road in like a, a you know like, like a mid eighties convertible Buick or something. Like, that to me is just what it sounds like. Almost like a low yeah. low rider almost type sound, you know so yes
1: definitely definitely it's definitely a song that could have only existed in that period of time it's very 90s and i i've in my mind like if we were going to make a list of the most 90s songs that would definitely be on my list but i honestly feel like it was almost like in rebellion to the grunge that was also popular around that same time like uh-huh. But that that's just my personal feeling. I'm just curious your takes yeah. on that. But I feel like it literally like that's what they were trying to rebel against because, you know, Kurt Cobain style, you know, very heavy hitting. And then you had Walking on the Sun, which couldn't be more opposite. It was pop and loud and
0: very, um, very mellow for a rock song. Yeah, definitely, definitely kind of the antithesis of like the grunge movement for sure. Yeah, it, I mean, it, you know it's a it's a very catchy song like that it and it really I I honestly it was the their first hit, but I don't think it became the bigger hit that it became until their next album dropped with their like most famous song and then from that it kind of boosted the sales of the previous album, the the first album and that became even more popular then because like I definitely remember that song, but I'm pretty sure that it like I remember hearing it only after their their like biggest hit came out from the next album.
2: I mean, I, I'm trying to remember what, what the exact timeline was for when that song was released and what other songs were popular at that same time, because I feel like that was the same time that like Matchbox 20 released 3 a.m., and yeah. Third Eye Blind released semi charm Life and Jumper. And yep. uh, there was a lot of other much, much bigger songs. Uh, maybe Goo Goo Dolls at that point had released Name. Or maybe they had gone on to Iris at that point. I don't remember. I but think there was Iris little... had come out that, yeah. at that point. But there was a lot sure... of big, like, I guess, what, what do you call them? Buzz ballads at that time that probably yeah. overshadowed this kind of um g-rated 311 (laughs) i don't know how you can describe smash mouth especially at that time they were so because well uh, the song that we're talking about walking on the sun it has a lot of elements that are kind of radio pop but like that last verse is him like hardcore like scream rapping basically um over like a like I said before, it almost sounds like low rider, like the uh-huh. like the type of groove it has and and the type of tone <laughs> it has. So it's very strange to hear all of that mashed together, um, while at the same time, you know, the world that I own by you know Collective Soul just came out or whatever. So I, I think it kind <laughs> right. of got overshadowed by a lot of other songs that were were pretty big at the time.
0: Right. I and, feel like it was in he, a movie too around that time. It probably was. Yeah. Uh, but here's the interesting thing about that album. So, walking on the Sun, we've, uh, d- you know, kind of described what that song sounded like. There is not another song on that entire album that falls under that category of style. Because if you listen to the rest of the album, it's actually a very heavily influenced by ska album. Uh, mm. Like, it is very much that. Uh, style of having the horn section. There's actually a full horn section on that album, which is the only one by them that had that. Um, and then it had the very like Scott influenced guitar, where it was kind of the uh, clean guitars with the very staccato riffs. So it was like that 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 like that that kind of rhythm in the the uh, guitars. So it was really interesting because. It sounded so much different than the hit off of that album, which was very much more of like the style that they would become known for, which is probably why they abandoned the ska style Yeah. Uh, yeah. after that. But um, d- did you guys really e- do you guys really ever listen to that album? Do you remember any of the songs off there?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite song from the album that I think is underrated is uh, Heave Ho, which is a song yeah. about uh, getting, evic- uh, getting evicted. Basically, they're partying and making noise and the neighbor called the landlord and the whole song is about the landlord or landlady giving them the heave ho. And uh-huh. um, I think it's a very underrated song. And a kind of a theme, I think, on a lot of their albums, like you said, not a lot of the songs sound alike. They're all kind of different right. But that. I think Heave Ho, I mean, it had a little bit of ska to it, but it was much more of a rock song. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know why. I think mostly because it had a lot of swearing for them in that song compared to others. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, like.
0: 12-year-old me thought that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this song is edgy because it has him saying ass in it. <laughs> well, I think not had a song. song. Oh, go ahead, Paul. Sorry. No, you go first.
2: Um, Beer Goggles, I remember, was on that album yes. as well. And that was... Yeah. Um, that was a pretty fun song. So that's all about ladies at the bar looking better as you've had a few more drinks. Um, I'm trying to remember some <laughs> yep. of the good lines from it because there's definitely some some funny stuff in there. I don't think it was necessarily meant to be funny, but um, yeah. it, it is a pretty, pretty enjoyable well, song.
0: And they had a couple of uh, songs off of that album that were inspired by pop culture, especially pop culture from decades prior. Uh, like they have a song called The Fonz on yes. that album, which is all about being cool like Fonzie. Uh, like just to give you an idea, this is uh, kind of the bridge and the chorus of that song. It says, But you're the Fonz, you're the Fonz, the definition of Icy, the measure of what's up. You could play the tuba and everyone would clap. Well, I could play <laughs> the tuba and they all just shake their heads. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Which I don't know why, but that makes me <laughs> laugh just listening to that. That's actually
1: the song I was going to bring up. And if you remember that time period, that was when Happy Days kind of had like a resurgence on Nick at Nick Night. At night yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's when we all started watching Happy Days and it like all of a sudden became popular again.
2: Yep. And then, yeah, absolutely. And then kind of tying it back to that sound that Walking on the Sun had where it kind of sounded like Lowrider, uh, which is a huge hit from like the 70s band War. Arguably their next biggest hit after that song, which was covered on this album, was Why Can't We Be Friends? Um, yes. So it's, it's like the the ending track. And and that's really fun. I think they do a really good job with that. It definitely has kind of like the, the gang vocal style where everyone's singing mm-hmm. together kumbiotically uh well and that's
0: something that they definitely became
2: known for
0: uh was a lot of their covers became hits themselves uh, just to give you guys an idea of like different covers that they did uh, they did why can't we be friends by war they did getting better by the beatles they did a song by the mysterious Mysterians, which I'm blanking out on which one that was. I think that, oh, that was uh, Can't Get Enough of You Baby, which came out on Astro Lounge, their Uh, next album. Um, They did a song, uh, or a cover of a song off of Jungle Book, which I do not remember the name of that song.
2: Uh, I Want want to Be Like You is the the King of song. Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) Uh, They did a cover of I'm a Believer by the Monkees, which we'll get to again in a little bit. Uh, they did a cover of Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds.
2: Yep, yep. that's a, that's another uh, great uh, 80s, 90s topic right there. Is Oh, the band Simple Minds. Um, yeah.
0: Didn't they yeah, do well a definitely. Sublime cover too? Maybe. I didn't see that when I was, was researching. Was Nervous in it. the
1: Alley, uh, wasn't that a Sublime song? Might have been.
2: Yeah, I forget. I'm not sure.
1: I could I'll be wrong. It. Maybe it's an original and I'm remembering it wrong or maybe someone covered them, but I feel like uh, um, that was originally Sublime, but I could be wrong.
0: We'll have uh, to
2: look that up. Look, on look the, up that uh, the single, Smash Mouth, Walking on the Sun, like the the EP, the other songs on the album, so it was Walking on the Sun and then it was Walking on the Sun, like a remix, and then it was Sorry About Your Penis. And <laughs> <laughs> and and then it was dear Inez push and uh, walking on the sun again the love attack mix uh, oh gosh oh and then there's walking on the sun fat and funky sunstroke club mix uh,
0: oh, gosh. oh it sounds like a, I need to go out and get that one that sounds like a gotta have uh, EP oh yeah right there yeah for sure <laughs> so anyway uh, so moving on from the first album then comes up to arguably their breakout album where, you know, uh, their, their first album, Fushy Mang was definitely like a good start for them, but they really hit pop culture icon status at that point when, uh, in 1999, they released their album Astro lounge, which of course has their most popular song probably to date, which was all star.
2: Yep. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, and then featured uh, several other songs, including Then the Morning Comes, Come On, Come On. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Can't Get Enough of You, Baby by the Mysterians. Uh, kind of being their big hits. But uh, yeah, God, uh, All Star just absolutely blew up. That I mean, that was like the song of the year uh, in 1999.
2: That's a that's uh, song that, even though it came out in 99... Um, and halfway through '99, people still associate that song with the '90s. Um, oh, absolutely, for sure. And and it was made even bigger on Shrek, which also did the uh, the monkeys cover. I can't remember which one it was. Correct. Belie- uh, I'm, I'm a believer. believer. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, I remember thinking I was so cool because I learned all the words to that song. Uh, yep. So at 99, I would have been what, like 13, 14 years old, something like that. Yeah, we would have so. been,
0: I think we were in seventh or eighth grade when that song came out. Because I, I definitely remember being at the old middle school uh, when that song came out. That blows my mind
1: because I would have sworn it came out in 97 and i know nope. i'm looking at wikipedia and uh it, yeah it's got the dates on there but for whatever reason in my head i would have sworn it came out in 97 i would have been dead wrong
2: <laughs> and and the bear Steen bears are not a real thing <laughs> oh god don't bring that up that still
0: brings back a lot of painful memories yes. for me yes if you guys ever really want a uh just an absolute rabbit hole of like making your entire life in existence feel like it hasn't happened. Just look up the Mandela effect and the Berenstein bears and the fact <laughs> that they never existed. And it was always the Berenstein bears, which I still can't get over that. That, that just <laughs> makes like, I'm pretty sure I've gone into like an existential crisis because of that.
2: <laughs> well, related to that, um and this is probably a topic in the hopper, but that's okay. Um the theme song to Mr. Rogers, what is the first line of that song?
0: Oh god. The like, first
2: lyric. The train bell? No, what's the I first don't even...
1: actual lyric? It's a wonderful day in
2: the neighborhood?
0: Question mark. I I don't remember. It's been so long since I've
2: seen that show. It's I honestly do. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. It's this oh. it's not it's not yeah. It's not the neighborhood, it's this neighborhood. And it's like, it blew my mind. Like, there's no way that can be right. And I was like, they must have redubbed all of these. Um, but every single video <laughs> it's is a, it's, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Um, can I hear your
1: Fred Rogers impression again in a uh, lower key? <laughs> in a lower key?
2: <laughs> beautiful day in this neighborhood. Won't you be it's my It's a good one. I like it. Neighbor. <laughs> so <laughs> wearing a sweater? Uh, I am, actually. Uh, It is a zip-up, too. So, uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, anyway, back to the topic at hand, which is Smash Mouth. So, yeah, Astro Lounge came out. That is arguably the album that skyrocketed them into pop culture icon status uh, during that time period. And really, it all came about because of how big All-Star became. And, of course, after that, the song made an appearance at the very beginning of Shrek, which kept that train going. Um, and, and like you said, it's still definitely the like epitome of 90s music, even though it was really kind of right at the millennium.
2: Do you guys have uh, a favorite like lyric in that song or a favorite phrase? I don't know why. I honestly could not explain why, but I've always really
0: liked the uh, part about... Um, the meteor man um, like the i uh, i can't remember what it is but that it like goes into uh the ice we skate is getting very thin the water's getting warm so you might as well uh s- swim? Swim. <laughs> swim yeah <laughs> <laughs> my world's on fire how about yours that's the way i like it and i'll never get bored i don't know i just always like that part i guess because it was like semi-rap because he got like the lyrics kind of sped up at that point, and I thought it was cool because I could sing it. <laughs> the line for
1: me is "the shape of an L on her forehead." Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think why that always sticks with me is because until I saw the music video, I did not get it at all.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Really.
1: <laughs> I don't know why. I just never visualize ra- Like when I listen to music, I listen more to the music rather than the lyrics, and I don't look for logic in the lyrics. I just kind of go with it. And then I saw the video, and then I finally like understood the lyrics, you know what I mean? Because I yeah. never really paid attention to what I was actually saying. And isn't it a, isn't that, it a little
2: boy in the music video, too? Like, it's not a girl making the loser which music sign? music video? Yeah, I think so. For All Star. I'm pretty sure it's a little boy, even though the lyrics it's, are about a little girl. But
1: if you yeah. remember, there's two That's music right. videos. Oh. Because even before it was part of Shrek, you remember the movie Mystery Men? yeah Ben stiller yes. that was the theme song of mystery men really? as well as Shrek and they redid the music video for TRL featuring Ben Stiller and um the guy from Shameless and Fargo oh um he was the show he was the digger in mystery men William H Macy yes William H Macy so they redid the music video with them. And yeah. every time I've tried to find the music video, that
0: one comes up more often than the
1: actual original video.
2: Interesting. Huh.
0: Speaking of mystery, men, that we need to make sure that that uh, gets into the hopper of imagination at some point, because that is a great movie. Uh, Jordan M, if you're listening,
1: please write us a letter.
0: <laughs> or, or Mike M, or Mike A, or whoever yeah. uh, that that's given us I was us trying to of...
1: give the person without an M a chance.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's fair. <laughs> Morden,
1: step up and write us a letter.
2: <laughs> I think my so. favorite lyric in the song is that last verse, um, just because I thought it was so clever when I was like, 13 or 14, the the somebody once asked, could I spare some change for gas? I need to get myself away from this place. I said, Yeah, uh-huh. what a concept. I could use a little fuel myself, and we could all use a little change. And it's like, oh man,
0: mind <laughs> blowing. <laughs> I get it. It's a double meaning.
1: <laughs> I wasn't ready. It's I like- will say that when I started driving, this was the first album that was in my car.
0: Nice. Wow. <laughs> nice. I, I'm pretty sure uh, this and the Austin Powers, the uh, what was the second one? Was that the Spy, spy Who sh- Shagged Me? Yep. That Spy Who Shagged Me. That's right. I I forgot if it was International Man of Mystery, but that was the first one. Yeah. So uh, Austin Powers and the Spy Who Shagged Me. That and Smash Mouth's Astro Lounge were. Uh, I think that was for my 16th birthday. I got those two. And you just so- wanted
1: to listen to Beautiful Stranger again, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> actually, you it's, know what song...
2: share.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know what song actually uh, was one of my favorites off of that, which is kind of funny because it's, you know, a 16-year-old me listening to it, was I'll Never Fall in Love Again by um, Elvis Costello and... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, uh, blanking was out it his Bert name. Was Burt Bacharach? Burt ba- that's right, Yeah. Like, why 16-year-old me loved a song by a, like, punk rock guy from the 80s and a, like, crooner from the, like, 60s and 70s? I have no idea, but that, that song was just really catchy. So, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, outside of, Ast- like, once Astro Lounge came out, that was really kind of the pinnacle of their career. They did have a 2001 album uh, that was called Smash Mouth. Uh, it was a self-titled. The obviously the most popular hit off of that was the cover of the Monkees. I'm a believer. After that, they really uh, kind of get out of our time period. So I didn't look into them. You know the other albums as much, but um,
2: yeah, I'm, arguably I'm looking right ca- now. And what they're... about Get
0: the Picture? Because that
1: wasn't that in our time period.
2: What's that? That is Get the Picture. Yeah, it, that, was a, it was It was the album that. Yeah.
1: That was the one that had the Earth song on it. Um, ah,
2: I'm drawing a blank on the name of the song. I'm looking at the track list, and I don't remember a single one of these songs. Uh, Yeah, I I thought the the same thing when I was reading it. I probably couldn't even
0: tell you a single song that was off of Smash Mouth either, other than their their cover of The Monkees.
2: Well, yeah, and then after that, they have the All-Star Smash Hits, which I'm assuming is a compilation album. And then they have The Gift of Rock, which is a Christmas album uh and uh, the cover is kind of funny it's a uh like the album cover is like a effects pedal with a little christmas bow on it and then <laughs> the next album was summer girls and then they took like a six-year break and then they have an album called magic and i guess that was the last album they released was in 2012 but none of these i recognize a single song from after I'm a believer, off the self-titled album. Like I, I yeah.
1: do... new planet on get this pic uh, on I think it was get the picture the 2003 album. That mm-hmm. is an awesome song and it's very underrated. They also did a Neil Diamond cover. Uh, You're my <laughs> number one. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. Um, those are from that album. Those were my two favorite songs, and the album got completely skipped over. But it's definitely worth back and or worth going back and giving it a listen. Nice. I, I
2: see that there's a song on here called Whole Lot of Love, and I have to wonder if that's a Zeppelin cover, or if they just happen to pick the same name for their song.
1: It's a Zeppelin I don't know. Cover. That'd be interesting is if it they really? did Well, the chorus is the same, and then they change the rest of it, but it's definitely inspired. I don't know homage. if it's an I see. I yeah. see. Cool. So,
2: so what else do we have about Smash Mouth, or... Um, or I mean, where are they now?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I I honestly don't know what's going on with them. They, like Brian mentioned, they haven't released an album since 2012. So it has been six years since Smash Mouth has released an album. And I think the whole world is waiting on bated breath for the next album to come out.
1: (laughs) If you can find me a store that sells albums like physically, I will go to it and wait for the release. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't want to click buy it now at midnight, damn it, or any of this (laughs) pre-order shit. I want to go stand in line,
0: all one of me. God I miss the days of having to like go to the store for midnight releases to buy stuff. Now,
2: didn't uh didn't Steve Harwell wasn't he on one of the some reality show? I am trying to remember which one he was on. Was he on uh I think he was on the the Surreal Life, I think.
0: Oh, was it? I thought it was The Apprentice for
1: some reason. Wasn't that the one with Ron Jeremy?
2: The Surreal Life, oh, I okay. think so. Uh hold on, I'm looking it up. Um but while you're
1: looking it up, uh, so going back to that was the first album I had in my car, I used to intentionally uh, stop. My, um, there's a song called Then the Morning Comes in the very first <laughs> opening <laughs> line of the song. <laughs> is yeah. this, like, tone that says, good morning, and then it does um, what you just did and goes into the song. And I used to intentionally turn my car off on that track, so when I started it up in the morning, my car would go, good morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Your
1: own
0: version of Kit for, like, all of two seconds. <laughs> That's awesome. It was so kind speak- of a
1: cheap party trick.
0: So speaking of uh, Steve Harwell, I... Looked up Steve Harwell uh, to see if uh, I could find anything about him being on a reality show. And, you know, Google now does the people also ask thing on there. What do you think the uh, number one question for people also ask about Steve Harwell is?
1: Is he still alive?
0: Yes, absolutely. The very (laughs) first one is, is he dead? The second one is, is Smash Mouth still alive? And the third one is, is Smash Mouth
2: rock? (laughs) (laughs) We were asking the same thing. So that that makes sense. Are they pop rock? What are they? Um, Did you find
1: the reality show, Brian? I
2: did. So to answer your question, yes, Ron Jeremy was on the show, but he was in a different season than Steve Harwell. So Steve Harwell was uh, in the same season as cc deville from poison who has been rated in multiple um guitar magazines as one of the worst lead guitarists of all time um <laughs> <laughs> i think that that's pretty yeah
0: that is that's awesome. impressive
2: uh alexis arquette uh was on there oh, yeah. um sherman hemsley was on there Ooh. um so from the jeffersons huh. uh there's a couple other people um a lot of it was season six, so it came out in two thousand six. Uh, so I mean, it was uh, well after kind of that series glory days, because the first season they had MC Hammer, Corey Feldman, um, Vince neal from Motley Crue, a lot bigger names uh, in the earlier yeah. seasons. And then season two, they had Ron Jeremy, Vanilla Ice, the uh, d Tammy list Mester. of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> just kind of. Oh, Eric Estrada was on there. Yeah. So I mean, it. You know, <laughs> As, as Erica it goes, Yeah, as it goes on, <laughs> it gets less and less C-list and more into D-list and eventually into Taco Bell meat grade list. I
1: still rock the Erica Strata sunglasses to this day. They are my favorite set of <laughs> aviator glasses. Um, That's
2: amazing. You yeah, know, for some reason, I thought Steve Harwell was on that sex addict show with Dr. Drew. So I was, I was <laughs> definitely, definitely mistaken. Oh, on that. Definitely mistaken. That would have been on awkward. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Gives a whole new meaning to Smash Mouth. Oh! (laughs) That boy ain't right.
2: (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'll I'll go to the corner of shame now.
0: Oh, that's. Oh God. So any any last uh, because that's kind of all I had. So any last thoughts on uh, Smash Mouth? On All Star? On their style of music anything like that no No, i definitely think
1: they were great for the time period it definitely shaped the music that i listen to now um i still listen to them on a regular basis and uh it's just you know yeah the cd is in my cd rack next to my computer astro lounge specifically and fushu mang nice
0: that's that's yeah i mean they were they were a great band for the time for sure uh i don't know if that like they they were a little too much like that that specific like late 90s era of rock so it really didn't carry on too well past that era you know they had about a four or five year period where they're real big and then after that they just kind of faded into the infinity
2: of rock stardom yeah because i remember getting astro lounge about the same time i got litz a place in the sun and even though for all intents and purposes they're considered a one-hit wonder i love that album and i hope that at some point that is a topic in the hopper that will get drawn and we'll get to talk about it because that album like i just kind of forgot smash mouth even existed until until (laughs) until shrek came out basically uh so so
1: what a load of crap
2: <laughs> <laughs> see Sh- Shrek was very formative for me you know it's got a lot of layers like an onion uh, so like onions yeah. and ogres and ogres <laughs> did you know they had
1: finished like 60% of the movie with Chris Farley and then he died and they had to start over with Mike Myers
2: I did know that I did not know that that's that sucks yeah
1: could, could you it would have been I, I think Mike Myers made it though
2: as yeah. much as that
1: opening scene with All-Star, you know, kind of set the tone for the movie. I can't imagine that same tone or that level su- of success with Chris Farley.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would have been a very different movie had Chris Farley been in. Not that it would have been any better, any worse or anything like that. But I don't know if it would have had the, uh, uh, you, you know, just the, the widespread genocide. acclaim. <laughs> yeah, the Genesign <genocide. laughs> Yeah, it would have had like the widespread acclaim, I don't think, had... It not had Mike Myers because you know, Chris Farley always kind of played the same character. He was a very like spastic and loud and and just very bigger than life kind of character all the time. Whereas uh, Mike Myers could have a little bit more of a nuanced voiceover, (laughs) more nuanced performance. That's the word sure, sure. uh, In it, Farley was just known for like you know, having these characters and stuff like that. Mike Myers more so was known for creating characters and kind of becoming those characters. Yes. Much more so than Farley, I think, who kind of... Chris Farley
1: like, is Chris Farley. Yeah, like, Myers no matter what whoever he did,
0: only shnikes! Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, look the at... Saigon! Yeah.
1: my nose off! So,
0: you look at, like, his time on SNL, you look at his movies with David Spade and all that, like... Everything was basically Chris Farley as that character. Whereas Mike Myers, it's, you know, Mike Myers, like, disappears into these characters. So I, th- yeah. I definitely think he was a much better fit for that. Although, I don't know how we just got into a discussion about uh, Mike Myers. And my and bad. This is part of our condition, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's all we can really say about uh, Smash Mouth. All right.
2: Well, I'm going to cut you off before you guys get started again, because um, we've actually come <laughs> to that special time where we're going to visit the Hopper of Imagination and find out what will be discussed next week.
0: Get right. to the hopper!
1: Get down
2: <laughs> to the
0: hopper! We also want to remind our listeners that if there's a topic you like, you'd like to hear us discuss, not that you'd like us to hear, you can <laughs> submit those at our website at www.datingourselvespodcast.com.
2: Definitely. So we are changing this up a little bit. Um, As you probably know in the past, if you've listened to some of our previous material, um, we would all pick three topics out of four that were selected because we would each be talking about a topic for 15 to 20 minutes over the course of our show. Because we're only going to be focusing on one, uh, next time I will still have Simon, Paul will still have Thundercats, and Adam is going to draw a new topic. So I'm actually going to provide him with three different categories because I've already pick three different topics ahead of time um, Ooh, and he gets to pick and then i will grant him uh the topic that's in that category uh I like it so Bring yeah sh- should be fun um and then once again it will be kind of a uh you know a, a nostalgic combat uh situation in terms of us figuring out who is going to be leading that topic next week Sounds I'll take good. world
1: history for 900 Alec
2: yeah, actually, aren't we deciding that at the end of the episode? Once you pick your topic, Adam, don't you have do you have a trivia question for us?
0: Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I totally came up with one that I'm not going to come up with on the fly. <laughs>
2: All right. So, um, would you like a topic in the categories of food and beverage, video games? or pop culture slash fads and trends
0: i think i'm gonna take uh video games for 500 alec all right oh wait sorry i'm on the wrong show (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll still take video games (laughs) there
2: you alphabetically still come first uh even if my name was alec (laughs) um it's gonna be wave race 64 Ooh, yeah so next time all right great Adam. But he didn't
1: answer in the form of a question. Yes.
2: (laughs) You're actually going to get, what's that game? Uh, Pole position. (laughs) Oh, there we go. There we go. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't think of what it was called. Um, Yeah, so, all right. So Adam is going to have Wave Race 64. Uh, So that'll be exciting. So now we're going to figure out who is going to be leading a discussion for next week, whether that's going to be Paul with Thundercats. For me with the super exciting topic of Simon the Board Game. Before we get into Adam's trivia question for us, we did want to thank uh, Jordan M. So thank you, Morden from Grand Rapids, for yeah, submitting, the, submitting the topic back. of Smash Mouth. Uh, we are looking forward to you and all of your friends and even people you don't like submitting topics. Um, the more <laughs> listeners that we have submitting topics, the more exciting it makes it for us. Kind of keeps us on our toes. So
0: Yeah, that's for sure.
2: All right, so
0: we are going to do a second round of nostalgia combat to determine who's going to (laughs) go.
2: Yes, so we're going
0: to decide or figure out who's going next week between Paul and Brian. So we're going to do another numerical uh, thing here. Uh, I do have a tiebreaker in case you both do somehow kind of come up with it. So. One of the bands that I've really recently gotten into, uh, I guess I was a little late on the grunge movement, was uh, Soundgarden. (laughs) And so our trivia question today, probably one of their most defining albums, is the album Bad Motor Finger. So what year did Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden come out?
1: Can I get a song from the album as a hint? Or is that
0: uh Yes, I can do that. Uh so some of the songs that were on that were Rusty big- Cage. Yeah, the biggest Out- hit was probably
2: Outshine, yeah.
0: Yeah, Outshine, Slaves and Bulldozers, Jesus Christ Pose were kind of the big years, Room's a Thousand Years Wide. You might as well be
1: speaking in Klingon. <laughs> uh is it my turn to go first? Sure. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. I'm going to say nineteen ninety-five. Because okay. I have no
2: idea. I'm going to go with <laughs> 1990.
0: Oh, Brian is the closest. The album was released on my fifth
2: birthday, September 24, 1991. All right. I was actually going to say 91, but I was like, well, I don't know. So wonderful. So that means that I'm going to be talking about Simon next week. That is
1: so exciting. <laughs> Raise the roof, Simon.
2: <laughs> so, so Thundercats. And oh,
1: um, Wave Race and Wave Race
2: sixty-four. Those will be uh those will be up for uh the possible next episode. So you definitely wanna keep listening, folks. Um uh, that's our show. We really appreciate you joining us here on Dating Ourselves.
0: And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. Check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com ourselves dot com to learn more about us and the show, and check out our contact us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can send us your own submissions at dating ourselves podcast at AOL.com as well. We've got mail. <laughs> yes, we do.
1: In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded.
2: Uh, you can check out additional content from us on Facebook at www.facebook.com dating ourselves podcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at dating ourselves podcast. And we do the Twitter thing too at Dated Podcast.
1: And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. Hey guys, au au see